Hello, podcast family. This is Captain Bradley Hargis with the Salvation Army of Fort Smith, and you are listening to the Above the Waves podcast, a show where we aim to inspire listeners through the example of love and service presented by Jesus the Messiah. In this week's talk, we will be tackling Paul's letter to the Ephesian church. Our focus text is going to be Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, and it's going to be found directly from the message paraphrase. It says this, Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people, free from penalties and punishments chalked up by our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, abundantly free. So what does Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 have to do with us in the Lenten season? Well, I'd like to really come up with two points to share with you today. The first is, what are we redeemed from, and to what purpose are we redeemed? Let's look at what redeemed actually means. In its most simple definition, redeemed means to buy back, to recover, or regain possession. In a more theological sense, it means having been saved or delivered from sin and its consequences. This is definitely more than the meaning of redeeming coupons, lottery tickets, or even credit card points. Now let's look a little bit more into Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 14. And I'm going to be reading this from the NLT. Starting at verse 3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Verse 6, So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered us with kindness along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us His mysteriousness regarding Christ, which is to fulfill His own good plan. And I love verse 10. It says, And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God that he chose for us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that the Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And here's some more good news. And now, you Gentiles, you have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. And let me reread again for us Ephesians 1, 7 in whom we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to his riches and grace. So, what are we redeemed from? Paul's letter to the Ephesian church is a loaded letter. Ephesians was a cultural port city located in the route from Greece to Rome. Religiously, Ephesus was a strange city, as the people there worshipped Caesar as they believed he was the divine son of the goddess Roma. The story of Jesus and his resurrection would have been a difficult sell here 
for Paul. Living a life contrary to Roman culture is mentioned a lot through the book of Ephesians. The concepts of Ephesians will stand in deep contrast also with modern Western culture. Why is this? Well, we find the answer in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 1. Whenever Paul says, this is the plan, at the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. So in short, does the city of Ephesus have the same characteristics as heaven? Well, the short answer is no. Ephesus was known for a couple things. It actually had one of the seven wonders of the, mo- of the ancient world, but also Ephesus also was known for its corrupt politics, its pride, and also its idol worship. In Revelation chapter 2, the church is also accused of forgetting and losing its first love. So Paul here is trying to encourage the Ephesians that heaven can be a reality today because of the sacrifice of Christ. They don't have to wait for tomorrow. But this is difficult to believe when you are being persecuted and when you're receiving this letter from somebody who's on their first house arrest. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3-14, through 14, Paul mentions a lot of things. He talks about grace. He talks about forgiveness of sins. He talks about hope and a future inheritance. He talks about the promise of God's spirit, redemption, and even adoption into a greater family being called the family of God. These are pretty awesome themes to share for a man who happens to be on house arrest. But in order to understand these concepts, we have to think back through Israel's history. In the beginning of Genesis chapter 1, God created and blessed humanity. Unfortunately, though, this doesn't last long. Creation blew it, and I mean blew it big time in Genesis chapter 3. Through the rebellion of humanity, think back to the story of Adam and Eve, sin entered the world, and Abraham and his descendants had to bear the responsibility of keeping God's covenant. In keeping the covenant, the hope is that it would restore the blessing of God. But we know from the Old Testament patriarchs and also stories that Abraham and his descendants also blew it too. As God's people, they were set aside for holiness, but they often chose idol worship and lesser loves. God's people were definitely in need of a Messiah. The Israelites often found themselves confused, enslaved, desperate, and often persecuted. They went through multiple relocations, enslavements, cycles of sin, and almost near total destruction. This is where Jesus enters the scene in the Gospels. Jesus lives a perfect life, dies a sacramental death, and beats the grave. A carpenter from Nazareth, I mean, who would have thought he was the guy, right? But for Jesus, crucifixion was just a gateway to victory for humanity. Because Jesus conquered death, we are no longer slaves to our nature and sin. And so we have been redeemed. So what have we been redeemed from? Well, think about this for a moment. Make it really personal. What would be on your list that he's delivered you from? Would things like anxiety or depression be on your list? Would pride or lust or materialism or addiction or shame or comparison or even spiritual laziness be on your list? And this is just to name a few. Jesus has redeemed you for His purpose. This means that you don't have to live with the regrets of yesterday because He doesn't know you by your mistakes. He doesn't define you by your sin. Jesus calls each of us by our name. Ephesians 1.4 tells us before He even made the world 
God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. Have you ever thought that you could be holy and be presented faultless before God? Well, this definitely sounds more like heaven than Ephesus, doesn't it? We have been redeemed. So what's holding us back from victory today? Could it be that we maybe hold ourselves back from the victory that God promised us? It was always God's plan to unite heaven and earth through Jesus. This is the entire concept of Ephesians chapter 1. Our answer again is in the verses. God has revealed to us His mysteriousness regarding Christ, which was to fulfill His own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and everything on earth. If this proclamation is true, then why do we say things that sound like this? Well, I'm unsure of God's will, so I'm going to demand a sign from Him. When God closes a door, He's going to open a window. Or if you just had more faith, maybe it would happen. These are all rooted, I think, sometimes in good places, but they're also rooted in misunderstanding God's will. We see in this that he's totally making his, his plan really plain. His purpose was to unite everything under the authority of Jesus. In the process, heaven and earth become one. So what's our part of the story? Well, it's to bring heaven here, especially for those that don't know they can be redeemed too. The key in this is that we need to remove doubt. I believe that that's one of the main things that actually hold us back. And the Bible is loaded with personalities that doubted God. I mean, here's just a couple. Adam and Eve, we like to pick on those two a lot. But also Abraham, Sarah, Moses, David, Elijah, and John the Baptist are just a couple. Even Jesus' family thought he was totally crazy at times. At some point, all the disciples ran away in doubt. And this just wasn't Thomas. Trust is that we are going to trust and know that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And so, to what purpose are we redeemed? Simply said, we get the opportunity to bring heaven to earth. We get to do it through the power of Jesus. This sounds pretty cool, right? I mean, to start, this means that God's people have to be a people of holiness. Yes, that includes things like not committing adultery murder, stealing, and coveting, but it also includes maybe even tougher things. Things like loving your enemies and loving your neighbor as yourself. Let me be very clear, though. This isn't just talking about external behavior or behavior modification. This is actually talking about the freedom that we were meant and designed to live within. Ephesians encourages us that all things that were in rebellion of God have been defeated and that we can live as a redeemed people. This is done through the unified church under the leadership of the head, which is Christ. And who is this for? Is it just for the Israelites? No, Paul tells us it's for the Jew, then the Greek. It is God's will that everyone would be reconciled to God. All people have the opportunity to be redeemed so that they can bring about heaven on earth. So, what are the characteristics of heaven? Well, many people know this list. It's freedom from hunger or pain or deprivation, disease or ignorance or struggle, just to name a few. Humanity will experience perfect fellowship. 
everlasting rest, total contentment, and ineffable peace. But we also are literally going to see God face to face. And we will not be consumed in his presence because we will not be subjected to the effects of sin because Jesus beat the grave. Because there is no sin in heaven, there will also be no suffering. I have always thought that heaven sounded like one massive, huge party. It is as if Paul is telling us, pass out as many party invites as you possibly can. This is how we bring together heaven and earth. By Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, creation moves from death to new creation. And new creation is also a much different list than the one I mentioned earlier. Remember the things I mentioned? Things like anxiety, depression, pride, lust, addiction, shame, comparison, or spiritual laziness. But this new creation list is totally different. It sounds a little bit like the Beatitudes or Fruits of the Spirit. Things like peace and patience, joy and self-control. This can all be found in seeking Jesus and relying upon the power of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. So, how can you bring about heaven this next week? How many invites will you pass out so that others can experience heaven as well? Will you invite them into this new life and throw out parties to heaven? Will you trade in your shame and pride and peace and joy? Is everything I mentioned in your control to change? So during this Lenten season, let's pray that God would use us to bring about heaven and earth this week. And we're going to end our time praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us during uh, our Lenten podcast. We're really excited that you've uh, chosen to spend your time with us. If you have any questions, uh, please feel uh, free to leave those in the comment section. uh, Or also message us on Facebook. Um, Send us a note in Messenger. Uh, or you're always free to also send us an email over to fortsmithar at uss.salvationarmy.org. Thank you so much for joining us for the Above the Ways podcast. We'll see you next week. God bless.